as we continue to, to meditate and focus on unity, the power of unity, we come to the end of the 17th chapter of Jesus praying for his disciples. We know this prayer, again, I say the Lord's Prayer shows Jesus praying for his disciples. The night of his betrayal, the night he washed their feet and broke bread and, and established the, the institution of communion. Uh, as he took of the bread, he blessed it and he broke it. And he likewise, he took of the cup and he blessed it and gave it and they drank. And he says, as often as you eat this bread and drink of this cup, do so in remembrance of me and do so until my coming again. And so this power happening here in this time of praying that he's preparing them to understand that he will be leaving them, but but yet he will not be leaving them helpless because you look earlier pre. Previous chapters, he mentions specifically and emphatically that I'm going to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit so that they will understand that they will have power from on high to do the work he has called and formed them to do. So it's important for us to grab kind of the content of this, that these are some of his last words. That he's given to his disciples before the situations change because he is freely speaking to them right here. We, we have his last words on the cross, but yet here's a time that they're free with him and not knowing what's about to happen because Judas is missing. Judas out there getting, getting the, the, the leaders to come back. So he could betray him with a kiss. And so he's ministering to them, encouraging them that you got work to do. This is what needs to be done. And so he's praying in this prayer. Remember, he prays that, Lord, may they be one as you and I are one. He prays that they will know his joy and his joy will be filled in them, that you'll be filled with my joy. He, he, he's looking for them to know what it means to be united in Christ, to be united with him who is united with God. If you track with me and John, you, you can see kind of how the writer is pointing out how in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. And then it goes on, says the word became flesh. Do you track in this prayer where Jesus says that I gave them your word and your word is truth? And so you can see how I gave them what? Me. I gave them your words. Can you see? You can see the duality within that, that not only did I give myself, but I gave them, Lord, your word so that they can hold your word. Because if since they obey my word, what? Then anything they ask in my name. God will do. Y'all see the correlation that being united with Christ, being united with the word is understanding that I will obey the word. And so unity shows us that we are united with him, that we know his cause, we know his purpose, and that we're going to walk out in unity because unity looks like Jesus. You know, uh, ever watch those shows where they may have a spy or a police officer or a detective or an FBI agent and they're undercover? And, and why are they undercover? Because they're trying to hide who they represent. And since they're hiding who they represent, they're trying to find out what the other people are doing so that they can get rid of them. Y'all quiet on. They, they, they become their friends only to become their enemy. 
And so here it is that they get undercover to hide who they represent so that they could be your friend. We have that same problem in the church. That we want to hide who we represent. We act like we love the Lord, but when we get around people that don't love the Lord, we act like we don't love them either. We want to get undercover so we could be your friend. Uh, 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 I, I, I think that we need to look and see if I belong to him, that I should let everybody know who I represent. That we should let everybody know that I'm not trying to hide or to try to misplace any information, but I'm going to make it clear. No, I represent Christ. And so when we go to situations, we need to let everybody know that who we represent, that we are light in dark places. So we should not be undercover Christians. We should look like Jesus. We should look like who we belong to. We should be open to represent him every place we go and at every time. Anybody ever had that on-call job? That on-call job, how you were, you were always on call. And then if they do call you in, then you get paid twice. Yeah, y'all quiet on me. Some of y'all know how that works. You on call, you already getting paid. But when you go in, it's like double time. Because you got now you're doing the work. Some of y'all still don't understand how it works out. Let me help you out. When you're on call, that means no matter when they call you, it can be 2 o'clock in the morning. You got to go get the job done. And so on call is not really a privilege. It's just letting you know that you just got to be ready. That this is your day. So you can't do anything. Don't, don't try to go on the weekend. Don't try to do a vacation. No, you got to be ready. When they call you, you got to show up on the job. We, like Christians, need to realize that we are always on call. We need to be ready at any time to represent who we believe in. To let everybody know that I serve the living God and he is operating in my life. So the question again is that how you may buy a box of any kind of, of, of a gadget, a puzzle, anything. And you buy the box and then you take it out the box and you look what's in the box and what's on, on the outside of the box. If it don't look like what's in the box, what you going to do? You're going to take it back and say, this is not where, and you gave me one thing, but underneath, I found something else. And I'm talking to somebody here. we got to represent that I am the same on the outside as I am on the inside. we got to demonstrate people, show who we are. You know how the saying goes, right? If it quacks like a duck, if it walks like a duck, it looks like a duck, then what? So we ought to walk like a Christian. We ought to look like a Christian. We ought to talk like a Christian. So when they look at it, they can say, there's a Christian. Tell your neighbor, I ought to to look like Jesus. Jesus tells them here in the text, y'all with me here? The 20th verse of the 17th chapter. He's continuing this prayer. I'm praying not only for these disciples but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. This is powerful here. Uh, Do you see here that he says, I'm not just praying for them, but I'm praying for those who come after them. Mm, mm. Can you see the love of Jesus that he wants to make sure that the disciples don't fail? He said, Lord, I I want them to be successful, and in order for them to be successful, I I realize that they need some assistance. And so he says this, I pray that they will all be one 
just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. You see here, Jesus is saying that I want them to be successful in what they are doing so that when those who come after them will be also successful. Y'all see that there in the text? And so basically in order for them to be successful, he's realized that they got to be in me. Uh, The disciples can't do it on their own. They can't do it by themselves, uh, but yet they need to work together according to the will and the word of God. And God, you will bless it as only you can. Do you see here in the prayer how he says that, verse 21, I pray that they will be one just as you and I are one as you are in me, Father. And I am in you. You, you. you see here that earlier, Christ already said, earlier says, God, it's time uh, now for me to bring glory and for you to glorify the Son and give me the glory I already had before I came. And so, again, that shows to us that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are three in one. It shows to us that that they understand how to work in unity. we got to be about the same purpose and the same goal. And and he says that I pray that the disciples are about the same purpose and the same goal. And he says if they they work together, they work as one, what will happen? Then, Then they will understand what it means to be one as you and I are one. You do understand that the church needs to reflect Jesus. The church need to look more like Christ than it does like the world. There's some sometimes that we see churches are struggling because they don't have attendance. And since they don't have attendance, they look at what does have attendance. And so what does have a, entertainment? So they think if we are more entertaining, people might show up. But yet, think about it. They're showing up to see an entertainer. We don't come to church to see an entertainer. We come to church that we can experience the presence of God. Let let, let me encourage you that. Do you take your car to the dentist and say, can you fix my transmission? The dentist is going to look at you and say, I got the same problem. We oftentimes try to make something else do what it cannot do. We need to understand the power of God's word and realize that it's the word that's going to change people. And so Jesus saying, Lord, I pray they understand the purpose and the goal is not to entertain the folks. But because, you know, when people stop getting entertained, they stop showing up. But yet the word, hallelujah, the word of God will never lose its power. You can call on the name of Jesus and and lives will change. What has been broken can be fixed. What has been destroyed can be brought back to life in the power in the name of Jesus. That's why we can sing that song that the blood will never lose its power because it flows. Hallelujah. From Calvary. Hallelujah. Do you understand that when we call on his name that we see power starts moving? But, yeah, you can't just call on the entertainer. You can't not just tweet them. You can't not just follow them and, and be on them with instant media and think your life will change. But your life will change when you get connected 
Mm. With Jesus. Jesus says, you ought to look like me. So, so think about how in society, right, you, they already understand entertainment has you hooked. Since you like enter, that entertainer so much, I'm going to pay that entertainer to wear my clothes so that you will buy their clothes because you want to look like them, and I'm going to get rich off their back. Do you, you understand how that's how it works? Do you know how many people get shoe deals and they compete, and basically they're competing against the bigger shoe company? And so, therefore, they say, well, we'll give you this and then say we'll give you additional stuff because we can't give you as much money as they got because we don't got what they have. But, yeah, we'll try to additional because they're competing and say, realize because they want to get the top athletes because once Jordan set it out, they realize that if, I, if they, everybody buys what Jordan wears and he's the best player, then they're always looking for the next best player because then they will buy their shoes. And that's why Under Armour is on top, and Nike's messed up because Nike could have had Steph Curry. Y- 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 there's a story, a document, an article said that what happened is that they had the same presentation for Kevin Durant for Steph Curry. And they had some of some stuff that related to Kevin Durant in the same slide presentation. They, the person did not change the information. And then they didn't know how to say Steph Curry's name. If you really want me, why do you keep on saying Stephen? Come on, somebody. If you know somebody you really want, you're going to get all the information right. And so here it is that they lost out, and then Steph Curry is, becomes the MVP, not once but twice, and his shoes start out selling. Nike looking at the man, we make making more billions. They realize that we done messed up, so they, now they're trying to correct what they did wrong, trying to get better people to make sure they do better presentations so they don't lose out like another contract on a star player like that. And so all I'm trying to point out to this is that when we are paying attention to what God has called us to do, we will represent him and realize that people will want to be like us. And we're going to say, don't be like me, but be like him. Follow me as I follow Christ. And so then they say, you know what? I see you pray. I'm going to pray like you. I see you reading your Bible. I'm going to read my Bible. You understand that if you take your Bible to work and somebody sees you bring your Bible to work, they might bring their Bible to work. Because I, I, I saw so-and-so bring their Bible. I, well, I won't be embarrassed about my Bible. I'm going to bring my Bible. Because you, you think about, they understand entertainment sales, and so therefore you got to be in the in crowd. So if you don't know who's popular, right, then there's something wrong with you. You never heard this song? Like my children educate me all the time. There's a new song out. You know, like, you ever heard this? I said, nope, never heard it. Play it for me. Let me listen to that. I said, this is why I haven't heard it before. And then, then sometimes they think they hear a new song, they love it, right? And it sounds real good to them. And me being the musical connoisseur that I am, I say, oh, that's old. They say, what do you mean that's old? And I played them the original cover. I said, here's it right here. Oh, I'm like, yeah, they sample from this, bottle from there. That's where that song came from. And so you can point out to them that I, I hear what you're hearing from. I see this, but they are copying from something successful. We could do the same thing somebody else's life. You want to be successful. You want to know what's best. Well, look, God already prayed. That we be successful. But our success is not based on what we do, but if we do what he's called us to do. Lord, I pray that they be one as you and I are one. Well, then what did Jesus do? Jesus says, I'm only going to do what my father tells me to do. I'm about my father's business. Tell me, priest, you never tell me you need to be about your father's business. Look, look what he says there in verse 21. As you 
are in me, Father. He let them know that he could have kept on moving on, but in the prayer he wanted to make sure everybody understood that God the Father, I want to do what you call me to do. We got to be about our Father's business. And so when we're about our Father's business, then guess, guess this. Do you understand that like most jobs, they give you an orientation, right? They train you how to use it. So, so that's what Jesus wants the disciples to do. He says that you need to orientate them. You need to teach them what I've already taught you. You guys are in the apprentice process. I've, I've, I've already got you to where you are. Now y'all about to graduate. Y'all understand? That the, the disciples, they, they don't know what Jesus knows, but Jesus knows that y'all about to graduate. I'm, I'm, I'm about to leave this place, and y'all will be elevated to a higher place. Oh, glory be to God. And so we need to look like Christ. Christ wants us to look like him. He wants us to know him and be with him in the Father. So look what he says. That He says that in us so that the world will believe what? You sent me. We can't act like we love the Lord and people can't see God in us. We can't say that we are the greatest loving church in the world when people come in and they're like, where is the love? We, we, can't, we can't say that I love you and my body language and my face and my tone sounds very kind of, does not lining up with the action, you know. You know I love you. You understand when you communicate to somebody that they don't hear your words over your body language, over the tone of your voice and your facial expression. That, that, that's why it's oftentimes that texts and emails don't always communicate properly. Because somebody made a set of joke in the email, but you took it seriously because you couldn't hear the, the tone of the voice. You couldn't see if they were smiling or not. You couldn't see were they looking at you or not, or were they whispering it like you were supposed to hear. You know, you know when someone meant something for you to say or not, but how they say it. So here it is that we ought to let people know that I love you, but how I'm living my life is they can see that how we are honoring God, how we serve and love one another. Because, you know, we love one another how Christ has loved us. And love, love shows that we love our enemies. We love our neighbors. We love everyone around, regardless of race, ethnicity, economic, political, whatever may divide us. We are to be the one that should cause unity. Hello, somebody. Think about how our economy, our, our politics, our education system would be a lot better if we had love. We won't have no need for affirmative action. We won't have any need for Voting Rights Act. We won't have any needs to have any kind of thing to separate how you need to pay women equal as men. We won't have any of those problems. If we love one another equally, we'll treat each other. I wish this microphone was on. Preach, preach. I'm trying. I'm trying. You see, we, we complain. See, y'all, y'all didn't say amen, so I got to get on it. See, we complain about the politicians. But yet, we're not doing anything to change our community. I want you to understand, your president, your governor, your senator, your mayor, they can't change your community. You're not willing to change. All right, I'm going to get off my soapbox and move on in this place. Now, look what Christ says to them, verse 22. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. Y'all think that's a theme in this prayer? That we be one, that they be one, we are one to your neighbor. We are one. So think about it. we are, are on the same team. Then what? We are one. We're working for the same thing. We're going in the same direction. And, and notice that since we are one, he's going to give us glory. Oh, glory be to God. 
and so here it is that we get a glimpse, we get a taste of the glory of God by being one with him. Notice, notice that Jesus says, Lord, it's time for you to glorify your son and for him to glorify you. But we'll get the taste of this glory. My, my, my. And, and I said a taste because we can't, we can't get, get the fullness. Uh, you, you, anybody ever been in the kitchen and, and mama's making some cake or making some, some brownies and, and you just want to taste because it's not ready yet, but the batter's already ready. You're like, can I, can I get a taste right? Can I, can, I, can I lick the spatula? Can I get the taste of the spoon? Let me see. Mm, it tastes good. I can't wait till it's done. And so we get a taste, and, and a taste is not the fulfillment, but it's a taste to let you know what is to come. And so we get a taste of the glory of the transformation that comes within us when we call on Jesus and the Holy Spirit gets in us and it starts changing us from the inside out. We get a taste of what it's going to be that one day we'll look like him, we'll be like him, that we'll never know death and pain and suffering. And we won't worry about looking at our watch to see what time it is because time will have no place because we'll be with him. The Revelation writer said there'll be no need for sun or moon because the he will be the light that will be in his light. Oh, glory be to God. And so you understand that we get a taste of knowing what it, have, what it means to have everlasting life, to have peace, to have tranquility, to be free of guilt and sin and shame because of Jesus in our lives. Think about how a lot of people can't make it. They can't make it because they are so guilt-ridden and shame has covered them that they don't want to show their face. But yet when you, we are on the same team, right, you'll come, you'll come lift them up. Y'all quiet on me. See, when you're on the same team, you don't want to see somebody at the end of the bench with their head down. You don't want to see somebody staying at home saying, I don't want to come because nobody wants to play with me. When you're on the same team, you say, no, I need you. You are part of this team. Now, let me let me show you about this team effort because y- y'all can look at me and see I'm a I'm a great NFL football star. I got the body shape right. And everybody laughing because y'all know I, I wear a a, a, a a buck fifty soaking wet. And so I play football, y'all. I play football, and and my team was a good team. So that's why I was able to get on the field because you know when you win it you can get on. But if you lose it, they keep all the good players on the field to make sure they could get some scores or something like that. So our team was running this team left and right. We get towards the end of the game, they need to put a running back in. So I get in the game. They call my play. Now, this is how bad we win. The coach calls the play from, from, from the sideline. He called 52-5. Basically, you will run, and they tell you, and you come and tell it to the quarterback. But he looked at me because what happened, I got an interception. And I took that ball back and almost ran it back all the way to the other side. I got an interception on the 30-yard line on the other side. And I almost made it all the way back to the end zone. Boy, I had my jets on that day. And so I almost made it in. The coach says, Sam, you want to score a touchdown? Yes. 52-5 to the quarterback. 52-5. I get that in my stance. They called a play. There wasn't nobody blocking. I saw the center standing right there in the gap. I'm supposed to go through. I said, snap. I shook him. Then I was going to run. The linebackers ran to each other. I got past the safety and cornerback, ran into the end zone. 25 yards, one carry, only touchdown. And so after the game, you go and you get your stickers for good play, right? So I'm thinking about how I'm going to give me a sticker today. You know, I've got a touchdown. That's a sticker. Then my defense coach was coaching me up. He said, Sam, here's how you get more stickers. You can tell them how you're part of the team. 
You could tell them how the team was so good because how hard you practice and you made the first team better by how hard you worked. And your hard work is the reason why you got in that game. I said, thank you, coach. So I get in and said, coach, I said, all that stuff. I walked out with four stickers. <laughs> so I was only going to get one. But I got four. I put them bad boys, spread them out on my helmet to make it look pretty. All to say is this, that when you know you're part of the team, no matter if you're the star line, you're the bottom line, you're a part of the team, you make everybody better. And they need you. And here's the thing, here's the thing. That God wants you to understand that your name does not have to be in the skyline for you to be important. You are important because God made you. He made you for his glory. And I guarantee there's people in your life that need you. They look forward from hearing from you. They look forward from seeing you. And I, I encourage you that sometimes they may not pat you on your back. They may not appreciate you. But don't be, don't get, allow them to stop you from doing what God calls you to do. The same folks who Jesus was serving, they didn't want him around. But yet he still showed up. Y'all understand, when he went back to Jerusalem, they reminded him, Lord, don't go back there. They trying to kill you. You saw what happened the last time. They were trying to stone you. Jesus said, I'm about my father's business. I'm going where God's called me. Sometimes you got to go and just do what God's called you. Understand that if he's in you, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. So we get a taste of his glory. We know that power. I am in them and they are in me. May they experience such perfect unity. That the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much. You love. I got excited reading that saying, God, you love me as much as you love your son. And then I got scared. Because for God so loved the world. He gave his only God. I said, oh, snap. If you love me this much, you want me, you might give me up to die. And then it hit me. Then what does it mean to be one with God? It means my life is not my own. Do, do you understand that if you belong to him, if you belong to him, then your life is not your own. Do you understand? Can you grab that your thoughts to be his thoughts? Your choice to be his choice. Do you understand that, for example, when you are on company time, right, you're supposed to be doing company things. And so at that time, the company said, this is my time, right? So you need to do what I call you to do. Don't be coming here trying to update your Facebook status when I need you to give me these statistics. Give it to me right now. And so here it is. That's why they what? They clock you in, clock you out to see, don't be wasting my time. You got a 15-minute smoke break. You better come back after the 15 minutes or I'm docking your pay. You got your 30-minute lunch break. You better come back. Come on, somebody. And so we understand that you got to operate on it. Do you understand that if I belong to God, then what? My life truly belongs to him. So, Lord, how can I say what you want me to say? Go where you want me to go. Do what you want me to do. That I will be the truly understand what it means to be the potter and you are the clay. The Lord, you will form me and mold me in your way. That there's sometimes that I want to tell somebody about themselves. But Lord, you say, no, you need to tell them about me. Lord, have mercy. 
they cursing me out, God. Don't I got a right to curse them back? No, you ought to bless them. You see, when we allow God to take over us, we start realizing, Lord, it's not about me, but it's all about you. Y'all see that? What it means that, that if you are his, then you are possessed by him, then you ought to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Not living by your flesh. You got to make that constant in Lord. How, will this honor you? Will this bless your name? Will this serve you? Will this bring you glory? Because I want to look like you. And so, therefore, if I want to look like Christ, then I need to do the things Christ would do. I will humble myself. I will serve him and love him. Remember how we began our, our, our power of unity, right? Unity looks like the triune God, that you will always be humble and gentle. And you will be able to have patience to endure or tolerate people's mess out of love. And so aren't you glad how God's love came down and rescued us and saved us and redeemed us, washed us and cleansed us, realized that we were a mess and needed of help. But it was his love that kept us. And so he said, Lord, I want them to know your love, that you love them as much as you love me. And, and, and so when he loves us this way, look what happens. Oh, righteous father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you since me. I have revealed you to them, and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. The church should be united so the true power of God. And so the true power of God will be demonstrated once we get Jesus in us. Mm. He says it right there. Y'all see that there? He says, I have revealed you to them, and I will continue to do so. Don't you see that God won't stop? Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. Y'all see that? God's love is in us because Christ is in us. And so once we let Christ come into our heart, we start getting the power to be like him. Mm. So think about how he wants us to look like him. And he knows that you can't do it unless I get in you. And he's revealed himself to us so that we will know who he is. Again, think about, again, this love. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. No greater love than this for a man to lay his life down for another. And so when we see how love has moved to cause sacrifice and humility and, and suffering, how much more do I need to understand that my love will cost the same thing? Y'all quiet on me. I'm trying to leave y'all alone. I'm done with my sermon, but if I could just get a few more amens, I can see that you got it. But you see, when y'all don't say amen, I know that y'all ain't got it. Then let me say it one more time, because love is demonstrated in how we act, not by what we say. You can say it, but you also should show it. And so God did not say he loved us, and that was it. God showed us his love. By laying his life down for us. And so we ought to be willing to show that same kind of love by laying our life down for somebody else. That we need to learn how to say to somebody else and say, have it your way. 
Stop fighting it for your way. I saw, I knew I was going to lose somebody. I don't have one person say amen, but no, no, it's always got to be my way. Uh, I, I want you to understand the world is not Burger King. Jesus is the king, and we want to do it his way. And so if the Lord tells you all to bow down, go ahead and bow down. And realize, here I am to worship. And so when we surrender to God, we start knowing the power of his love. Oh, righteous father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I revealed you to them. And I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be where? In them. And I will be in them. So if you want to know the power of God's love, you need to first submit to Jesus. He says, my word has got in them, and it's the word you have given me. You look at that preposition in. Jesus wants to get in your life, but he won't force himself. He says that they believed in me, God, and since they believe in me, I want to entrust them. I want to empower them with something special. And what's special? His love. His love is so amazing. It covers a multitude of sins. His love is so amazing that it can take what's wrong and make it right. His love is what makes the world go around. His love will make you move in in directions you are no longer moving on your own, but the power of God's love starts holding back your tongue and you start speaking love and words of encouragement to somebody instead of cursing at them and yelling at them. The love starts holding your hand back. Back in the day, you would have slapped somebody, but now you lift lift your hands up and say, Lord, have mercy. The the Lord will slow your feet down. Back in the day, you used to run away from a problem, but now you stop and you stand and say, Lord, I won't move until you change this situation. Use me to be a, vi- a, a, a vessel for your glory and for your honor. It's amazing how love will help you to stand up when everybody else is sat down. You say, no, I'm going to stand up for what is right. I'm going to speak out for what is wrong. Love will move you to say, I will partner with somebody. Nobody else will work. But I will be your loving partner because God has called us to be one. And you understand? We don't know what we'll be like, look like, but we'll look like him. Who is him? Jesus. And so we can practice right now saying, getting ready for when we be changed to look like Jesus with the power of love. So I encourage you, look back through this prayer and say, Lord, this is my prayer that I want to be one. I want to know your joy. I want to serve with all humility and seek peace. That, Lord, I want to do the work you've called me to do for your glory. And I want you to truly grab again that he loves you like Christ. Think about it. He loves you like he loved Christ. And notice Christ's love led him to sacrifice his life for the Father. Christ is calling us to do the same thing. We love Christ. We love him. We want to be his disciples. We must deny ourselves and pick up our cross. Unity is not about you. Unity is about the kingdom. Let us pray. Lord, we 